meeting today's challenges with yesterday's experiences. Senior Wisdom is your opportunity to take in wisdom gained by our elderly population and apply this insight to your own life. It's a time machine of sorts, sending you back to challenges of pre-millennia days and places that stretch across the globe. We have all heard that money doesn't buy happiness. Vasitri knows she experienced life in college with many who were in the super wealthy class but not happy. Savitri always offered a hand of genuine friendship. In her words, money is a lot like electricity. It can light up a room or cause a fire. It depends on how it is used. She also feels that life is about balance. It's most important to observe and think about what really brings happiness into our lives. Senior Wisdom is ready to share another golden nugget. So adjust the volume on your laptop or handheld device and soak into a conversation with Nayaswami Savitri. Well, I'm happy today to be sitting with Savitri, who lives at the Ananda Village up in the Sierra foothills of Northern California. Savitri, how are you today? I'm doing just great. I detect a little bit of an accent there. You still have it. I You're still from, have it. Not I from never California. Have, never have been able to get rid of it, but... Uh, Perhaps where, that's part of my charm. <laughs> and, and where did you pick that up? Well, I was born in Memphis, Tennessee, and lived there till I was 18. And then I lived in Texas for another 16 or so years before I moved to California. Uh, so both of those states have a bit of a an accent that's different from California. I would say so, yes. <laughs> I've tried to lose it, but it sticks with me. Well, you, as a, as a youth, and so when you graduated from high school at, at 18, you, you decided to go to college. That was partially my decision, partially the decision of my parents who were very good Southern Baptists and they wanted to meet. Uh, they told me I could go to any college or university in the United States as long as it was Baptist. So that limited the uh, choices a bit. But I chose Baylor University, which is in Waco, Texas, simply because it was the largest and furthest away from home that I could find. And I was anxious to try my wings as a young woman. Just like most any, any uh, growing adult, uh, that's, that's pretty common. So then uh, what did you end up studying at college? I had a double major in English and history, and then I got a secondary education certificate to teach in high school, which I never managed to do, but I did graduate with a BA with those two majors. So then back then your intent was to teach, at least initially? No, I was... <laughs> I was of that age bracket where you had to have some kind of fallback career in case you didn't get married by the time you were out of college. And it was either teacher or secretary or nurse. I mean, the, the careers were limited for women in those years. And so I got a teacher certificate um, just mm -hmm. because that was kind of what was expected of a young woman who graduated from college in those years. It was just the way it was. Right, right. So then in your 20s, uh, you would probably end up mixing up with uh, quite a variety of people. Now, in Tennessee, uh, it was somewhat of a sort of middle-class lifestyle. Well, my, my I was an only child, and my parents, uh, I would call it lower middle class. We, we didn't have a lot. Uh, we got by just fine, but my father had severe health problems, so he was unable to work past when I was about 12 years old, and so my mother went back to school and got her degree as a social worker, and she supported the family. So it created a, a financial difficulties for us at 
but uh, they did manage to put me through college, which was great. That's pretty incredible back yeah. then to be able to not put bad. you through college. And Baylor was not an inexpensive school either. Yeah, and so when you were at the school, were the were a lot of the kids coming from this, a similar type of background? No, I, I mean that's I'm sure there were, but the truth is that for whatever reason, karmic reasons. I got thrown in with a lot of very, very wealthy people. Texas at the time was experiencing a huge boom uh, in the oil industry and other industries. And um, my first college roommate, for example, was a lady whose father really literally almost owned most of West Texas, either in land or oil leases or cattle or all of that. She was an extremely wealthy uh, family. So that was my first experience of being around what I would call not just the rich people, but the super rich. So then the sky <laughs> was really, uh, had no limits <laughs> in that yeah, environment. And, I, and for whatever reason, that continued. That was a theme in my life is that I w was roommates or friends or whatever were from this kind of uh, Texas rich people, which was quite interesting for me to experience as a young woman. Well, was it a really an enjoyable atmosphere? You would think that uh, well, if you could you do anything, it would be great. I had been raised, possibly because my folks were children of the, of the Great Depression, that money was so, so, so important. And, uh, you know, you've got to have stability and financial stability and so forth. And um, and then here I was with these people who had probably never given that a single thought in their lives. And my first thought, as would be most people, says these people have got to be really happy because they have all they could ever want or need. They never have to think about money or the lack of it or anything like that. But to my great surprise, almost immediately as I began becoming close friends with these people, I found out they were not happy. And they had many, in certain ways, many more problems than the people I was most more used to being with, uh, sort of a lower middle class group. Um, there was alcoholism, there was suicide, there was just general unhappiness. And I had to really, as a young woman, put that together in my head because I really was, I had bought into the money brings happiness idea. And, um, and to struggle for that so that you wouldn't be poor and everything would be fine and you'd have all this money and you'd have everything you wanted and clothes and travel and you know so forth just just the, the whole american dream really and um so seeing the reality of what it was like to have all of that and still not be happy really made me stop and think and it made me think hard about it. It really changed my life. I'm very, very grateful for that because I begin to see if I put all my eggs in that basket, if I decide that I'm going to create wealth for myself in one way or another, it's not going to bring me what I think it's going to bring because I never have seen it work. And I saw a lot of examples. As a matter of fact, it looked like it was going the other direction. The more money they got, the unhappier they got. What's so interesting to me is uh, these people are attracted to you. I mean, you made friends very easily at, at the university. What was it, what do you think it was that attracted uh, you know, them to you and, and you to them? Truth being, I, I think it was really serendipitous. I mean, it was my roommate. We were assigned to each other. 
why they poor, put a poor girl from Tennessee with a rich girl from Midland, Texas. I don't know. Yeah, but the bottom but line then, is you actually became good friends. Well, yes, I mean, at times you yes. end up with roommates and yeah, you, know, you spend true. less time as well, little time I mean, as possible. Well, I you know, I'm a nice person. <laughs> I get along with people well, you really You seem well. to be great. <laughs> <laughs> I get along with people, and um, I, you know, I'll, I'll tell you a, a quick story here. Is that will maybe illustrate or answer what you're saying. Uh, later on, after I graduated from college, I made good friends with a woman who was really one of the richest women in Texas, and uh, her parents were, and she was, by this time I was in my mid-twenties, she was a little older than I was. And um, I, we one, one day were talking about friendship, and uh, she said, you know, I, I envy you in a way because I'm never, ever going to be able to have any friends. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, well, I've been taught from birth that no one would ever really love me for who I am, that everyone was out after my money, and I had to guard against this. And I just, she said this with tears in her eyes, and it made me cry too, because I said, well, you don't have to think about me that way. I don't want your money. I, I would, I'm your friend. And she said, I know you mean what you're saying. You're trying to mean what you're saying, but I'm sorry. I can't believe it, because I just I just have been trained that way from birth that no one really wants to be my friend. And I, it just broke my heart. And that, I mean, it really yeah. brought that lesson home to me so strongly. And money, again, money does not buy happiness. And as many times, it, it, it brings misery. That brings two, two points. Uh, one is, I mean, unfortunately, there are <laughs> people that go after the bugs. Of course. You know that. But there are many, many people that see through all that and look look at you for who you are and you from the sounds of it were a person that just looks at the individual not what they own and and that's where the friendship came from i think that's what attracted them i would i would could be i put a wager on that one i think that might be it <laughs> could be yeah, i i would hope so because i one of my mottos this life is go, has gone on is to offer the hand of friendship to everyone that I meet, and uh, sometimes that's not easy. You have to look beyond the personality sometimes into the deeper part of people. Yeah, so don't judge actions necessarily, but what's behind the Separate the actions, actions from the essential person. Um, a, a person's actions don't mean that's who they are. There's always someone underneath there who is a, a great and shining soul, really. And I've learned to look for that. And when you look for that in someone, they feel it. And it makes an impact on them. Well, they certainly felt it in your college days. Uh, <laughs> really, what, you, what, you're, what we're taking away from this seems to be that, that uh, money doesn't buy happiness. It really doesn't. I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> my mother used to make a joke said, Money isn't everything, but it's way ahead of whatever's in second place, <laughs> uh, oh, <laughs> which, yeah. which actually I think she believed. But uh, no, I think uh, there's nothing wrong with money if, if people choose to seek money. But in later life, I've come to understand that all money really is represents is energy. And, uh, and having energy is very important if it brings you money fine if you know how to use it in the white right way and don't let it destroy your life great i'm all for it i'm not i'm not a person that's anti money <laughs> i need it too i have to survive but i realize that it represents energy and that is a key a strong key for my 
uh, whatever happiness I've achieved in life. So then an analogy would be electricity, I suppose. You can use electricity to light a light bulb at night so you can read or you could electrocute somebody. I mean, exactly. that's how and it's used. Or fire. I've often thought how wonderful fire is. It's so beautiful. You can build a little campfire. You can cook your food. It's just a beautiful element, and yet I've seen it destroy things also big time if it's out of control or if it's used in the wrong way. It's very painful. So then being led by material desires would be not such a good thing. I don't think so. Just simply from observation of people and what they uh, do with that attitude. Um, It just, it takes them in a wrong direction and it leads to just general unhappiness. So then how would you apply this to what you see in, in the world today in our country and other countries? I would say that everybody really, really should take a strong look at the motivation around their desire for wealth and money and think about what it is that's motivating me and what really is motivating people uh, is, is a search for happiness. And happiness can be found in better ways than just trying to amass wealth and fortune. It can be found through many ways, but um, that would lead me on into what I went on into later, which was uh, a search for spiritual values, for uh, an inner life through meditation, those sorts of things. And to me, that's the true essence of, of happiness is real joy, not, not just happiness, but a permanent state of inner joy that you cannot be shaken from no matter what's going on around you. I mean, things are falling apart around you. You still have that inner core of, of strength and of, of joy. So then putting into perspective money, material things, what, in your view, is the, the perfect balance? It's, I th- I think we're in balance the physical is, world. Yes, we are in the physical world, and I think balance is important. Uh, I think we're out of balance is the problem. I think we're too far over on the side of if I get enough money, I'll be happy. And it, it's, it would be really wise for people to investigate this seriously through thought and thinking about it and perhaps just observing people who seem to have it all, just as I did as a young woman. And uh, if it is true that um, money does not bring happiness than what does, and I want to shift the weights a little bit more in that direction. It would be wise to do that, everyone, for everyone. I I truly believe that. Savitri, thank you. You're welcome. This is something that that I'm going to be thinking about, too. (laughs) It's my joy. (laughs) Bye-bye.